Press control to crouch. The Crouch Peak Podcast. Hello, NACS fans. Welcome back to the Crouch Peak Podcast, as always, a part of the Rush B Media Network. I am your host, Lucas at RBM. And this week, I want to talk about the debuting North American teams that we saw at the Blast Premier Spring Groups. Um, first off, I will start with Complexity, the first of three debuting North American teams as far as Tier 1 competition is concerned. Um, we got to see Complexity um, earlier in FunSpark Ulti. Um, so with a little bit of you know reps under the, their belt, they're now heading to the Blast Premier Groups. And their first match was against a debuting G2 lineup with Alexi B. So definitely a tough matchup, even though you do have a debuting roster with Alexi B. We're still talking about the best rifler in the world in Nico and all around um, four-fifths, three-fifths, excuse me, of the second-placed um, major winning team. So, or major team, excuse me, not major winning, but second place at the major so, um, and then they played on Nuke. So this is a tough matchup in general. And Complexity overall, I thought was impressive. Um, they did not win. They didn't win either of their matches, but they played, you know, for losing 12 to 16, they did play pretty well. There was a lot of positives to pull from this matchup. To start the match, it, it was very obvious that Complexity was unafraid of the might or the potential monster that is Nico and Monzi and the rest of the crew. They're actually able to win Pistol. Um, they lose round two, but then they win round three, and then they lose the anti-ego in round four. So right off the bat, um, it's just a dogfight to start the match. And this is the kind of game that Complexity wants to get into anyway. Even on Nuke, um, that's the kind of fight they want to take. So um, getting G2 pulled into that kind of tempo, um, kind of forcing G2 to play their game, I thought was very impressive and um, a good showing of the confidence that this crew has in themselves. And again, it just puts a spotlight on how unafraid they are of this top competition, which is something that um, we definitely want to see from this young group of individuals. So um, even going beyond the first four rounds, um, I would say the first half of the first half. So um, we're talking six, seven, eight, nine rounds in um, an entire dogfight pretty much the entire way through. Um, it's just scrappy play, tons of trades happening, um, a lot of variety and strategy, which was great to see across the board for complexity. Um, there was quite a few eco rounds, pistol rounds where we're getting two V ones, one V ones, some close rounds that complexity is forcing, um, because of, again, their grittiness, which before we get everything fleshed out, this is a great first, um, piece of evidence that we like to see as far as why we should be hopeful for them. So um, again, I liked their variety on the defensive side of things on CT half. Um, the uh, pistol round, the ensuing uh, force up after they lose round two, um, the first gun round, second gun round, the whole, the whole first half was pretty much varied. Um, very few repeating strategies. 
Um, we got to see Junior get aggressive outside with the op. We got double ramp. We got um, Junior going to secret through lower while JT is lower. Um, you know, we got double hut, double squeaky. Um, we got an aggro mini play. Like we got a, a whole bunch of variety in this first um, matchup against a really tough nuke team and arguably probably going to be one of the better nuke teams, if not, you know, a top two or three nuke team in the world in G2. So this is really good stuff right off the bat. So again, the first half so far through this first half was um, back and forth. If you're on the complexity side, you are leaning pretty favorably towards how this is going. Again, G2 is kind of getting stuck playing complexity's game up until right around, um, I believe it's like around 12 there's a g2 eco and um they solo the hero ak nico outside and he gets like this crazy double kill just completely sets um forward this new kind of momentum that g2 is operating on and from there on out um that compounded with the constant lower pressure that g2 was offering so complexity was doing a good job at quelling that and kind of um preventing the the lid from coming off the pot as as you would say um but at that point it just kind of boiled over too much and then that that eco play by nico that eco play by nico just proved to be too much and then from there on out they lose that round and then um they fall into some financial problems and then it just kind of gets away from them but up until this point in that first half they are looking very impressive um, they are quelling a lot of the, these lower takes, forcing them back upper, and then they have preventative measures on the um, upper side of things to kind of quell any of those um, forced um, rotates. So through the first half, I would say that Complexity was doing pretty good defensively. They did get six on CT side nuke. So if we're going purely without context, not a favorable first half. But again, we're talking about a new lineup, um, kind of working out the kinks again against also a new lineup but you know we need to be a little realistic about the um the moment in time the skill level and stuff like that so complexity was definitely fighting an uphill battle and getting six on ct side while they're still trying to figure themselves out their identity out um pretty good stuff against a really good g2 team and then when we move into the second half on their t side i would say the variety kept up um there was still a lot of things to spotlight as reasons to be excited um it's just at this point um we're you know going on round 16 and beyond nico is fully activated and pretty much everything that they're operating on gets kind of pushed to the side because of the individual prowess that's coming from again the greatest rifler in the world last year so um yeah they get kind of uh pushed down because of that at the end of this matchup once they've allotted 15 on the g2 side um complexity does pull out quite a few good t side rounds um arguably they don't necessarily matter just because of the penultimate um, result but no matter what there are still positives to take from this if you are purely looking to gain um something from it if you're going purely about the results then sure um not much to be excited about but um, from a growth standpoint, complexity had a lot here. So again, just some closing thoughts in regards to that fa uh, that first matchup against G2. Um, I thought that JT and Lucid did a good job at having the team prepared in terms of the variety of tactics. They looked like they were um, 
cohesive in many capacities. Um, a couple of nice outside setups for Junior, which unfortunately did not work out totally, but it's nice to see that they're prioritizing getting him activated. And then, um, yeah, on T-side, I would say same thing as well. Um, nice variety. The upper hits were nice on the T-side. Um, after they were able to get some success on upper takes, they mixed it in really nice on lower. Um, I liked their pistol strat when they went. Um, they, they got a frag ramp, and then they actually wrapped heaven. Um, I just thought maybe some um, post-plant decisions weren't great, but again, that's just some stuff that can get patched up in time and as they get older and um, more experienced in their careers. So all in all, a good showing through the first matchup in Blast. And then when we look to Big, it, it was largely the same game, same map. Um, a team that is more patched up just because they've had more time with their lineup. Um, the Again, the first four or five rounds, dogfights, um, really making Big play their style of game. Um, but then sooner than G2 kind of figures them out, Big starts to download them and kind of get it all figured out and kind of curbs the beast. So I think that's probably a product of the fact that this game happened after and then Big was able to get some of that research in from the first game. So, um, But the one thing that I noticed against Big, although they did win one less T-round, the gun rounds that they did win were a lot less labored. Um, they were surviving with more more, fight or more fighters, more players. Um, they were winning more fights. And um, it just appeared to be a lot more structured, a lot slower, a lot less labored. So is that a byproduct of the fact that they were playing big, um, a more structured team? Possibly. I think that's probably a good um, way to go about it. But in general, I, I did think even though that they won less rounds, there was still some just as many positives to pull. Um, every T round that they won, it ended with three or more alive. So the rounds that they did win were convincing. So the ideas are there. The execution is there. It's just, it's just a little bit too sporadic at the moment. And again, they're new. So, um, and when I say new, I know that they were together in extra salt. Um, at least the core, it's just, um, this is a new horizon for these five individuals. It's been a while since these guys have seen, um, since Junior's been furious, since uh, the core saw their tier one opportunities prior. Um, so it's just been a while and they need some kinks to work out, obviously. Um, so yeah, I thought, um, I thought that complexity offered a lot here. I, I thought that um, out of the three teams between EG, Liquid, and and um, Complexity, I thought that Complexity had the least to prove, and they ended up showing the most promise, which I think is excitable if you are a Complexity fan, if you're an NACS fan, just because there's a lot of upside with these guys, and the ideas are there, which is important. The execution will come. Um, what I loved to see was they were unafraid of the competition and they were unafraid to try new things. And Grimm did not appear um, lacking any confidence in these two matchups, which is really, really stellar considering the um, turmoil he had to go through at the end of last CSU year. So, um, yeah, all in all, a good session of repetitions. Um, they got 54 rounds in across these two maps. Um, 
both on Nuke, obviously. So 54 official reps on Nuke against G2 and Big. Very good stuff. Very tactics. The ideas were there. Um, they weren't afraid of playing their game. And um, let's just get Junior more activated. And I think I think that complexity can be um, really dangerous. And I know that's a vague sentiment, but um, just based on everything I've provided, I think those are good reasons as to why. And again, to me, the most upside and the least negatives out of these three. And I think that they prove that. So then moving on to Group C, um, we'll start with Evil Geniuses. This team gets a lot of leeway in my opinion um i know that a lot of people are excited about this team and so am i there was a lot of hype with tim coming back uh, me personally i'm a big fan of rush um, i think he's the last of a dying breed so i love to see him in the server whenever possible and doubly i love to see him succeed so seeing eg come to fruition was really exciting for me um but i knew it was going to take time we have Breeze and Cirque as a part of the previous iteration of EG that was n largely non-existent besides the major cycle. Um, so not a lot of reps there. And we have Stewie who had the most activity out of the five. So not so worried about him, right? Um, but then we moved to Rush who had been out of competition for some time. Uh, we were seeing him in FPL, but of course, those reps are not the same. And then Tim, who um, who had been out of competition for quite some time over at Valorant. So um, two different games. And as we are starting to see, um, that transition back is not easy. So um, they only won one of four pistols. So take that as you will. Um, they were... Even with Team Liquid in their matchup on clutches, which is something that you always expect from a Stewie-led team or a team with Stewie in it, um, he has just such serious clutch power. Um, it's it's tough to pull a lot from the Vitality matchup. Again, this is their first match, and they're playing against also a debuting Vitality team. But again, these five are fresh. They're fresh players. They've been active on the teams that they were with previously, the iterations they were with. Um, so they get crushed by Vitality. Um, and then, of course, this matchup against Liquid ends up being like an overtime NACS um, barn burners. So this puggy style that they operated under did not work at all against Vitality. But, of course, against domestic partners, um, Team Liquid, that worked um, ex exceptionally well. And then... Um, I think that was a good sign for EG as well as a bad sign for Liquid, and I'll get onto that later. But pivoting back to the Evil Geniuses, T-side against Liquid, I thought that Malik had his crew pretty well prepared tactically for this matchup. Um, we saw a variation of tactics. Um, we saw Hall's, Hall's Pops, Brackets Contacts, B-Rushes, Mid-Delays, Alt-Mid to Mid-Plays. Um, we got to see Rush um, exercise some lurk at um, on the on the long haul side of things over in apps. Um, we just got a bunch of variety, which was nice to see. And then, of course, we got to see Rush do um, some entry as well. Um, but it, it was a lot more flushed out um, than Team Liquids was. And I think that just speaks volumes as to um, how good Malik is as a coach. Um, again, coached the G2 team that got second place at the most recent major. So their T side is pretty stellar. They get 10. 
Um, but then rotating to the other half, um, Liquid does come back with equally as effective of an offensive game plan. Um, but again, I, I do think that EG's tactics were better. I just think that the firepower of Liquid was more efficient, and that's just because of the byproduct of everything that I stated earlier about the freshness of the players. Um, I think that the last five rounds were pretty stellar as far as that um, embodiment of NACS is concerned. Um, I do think that EG can look back on those five rounds um, and really look at that mid-push that they operated on on round 30. They have full control of the game um, on match point and Breeze and Stu up to start the round by charging down mid on CT side, which it forces them to go. It, it, they, they lose both their fights and then Rush swings out alt mid balk to kind of um you know get that trade back and he loses um so then in a moment's notice they went from on match point forcing the t's to kind of um play their hand so then eg can kind of react and potentially play in an advantage they go for broke and um, instead of hitting the home run they strike out and they lose three immediately go to overtime and then um and then they and then they lose so um did they blow it? I, I guess technically yes, but again, this was a team uh, f with comprised of some individuals that were totally out of Team CS for a long term. So for them to take domestic rivals, Liquid, a team that's striving to be um, a top five competitor and even greater, um, that is a great first start for EG and potentially um, an even worse start for Liquid. But final thoughts as far as EG... Um, you know, we didn't get much against Vitality, but again, I liked how prepared Malik had these guys, um, in the rounds that we did get to see from them. Um, I was not a huge fan of Liquid's T-side calling, even though it was effective. Um, I didn't think it was great, I guess. Um, I, I'm not sure if I was, I, I guess I don't know what the final, um, tactical product looks like for Team Liquid, so... I'm not sure if this is it. I, personally, I hope not. But not to focus too much on Liquid. I'm focusing on EG right now. I think Tim offers incredible amounts of upside. That's um, not really a controversial statement. I think that if he is in form in this matchup, even if him and Nitro are both in form to the to the versions that we perceive them to be at um, in that matchup, I think that EG win handily because Tim is kind of brought in to be that star. So... Once Tim gets everything figured out mechanically and individually, out, inside and outside, um, just the flow of CS, I think EG are going to be significantly better. It's just going to take some time. But as it stands, I do think we got um, the version of EG we can probably expect as far as that aggressive intention, live by the sword, die by the sword, that round 30 pushing mid, very much um, a Stewie style of gameplay. I think that is... Um, the version of EG we're going to get. Malik just needs to bring what he is great at and um, find a great way to incorporate his gameplay, his thought styles with um, that of Stewie and the rest of them and just kind of blend all of it together. And I do think that this team has a lot of upside. Um, and I think that we got to see a good amount of it in this first matchup against Liquid. Moving on to Liquid, the last of the three teams. Um, certainly, um, 
the team with the most spotlight on them, Liquid being the biggest organization in North American CS, um, one of the biggest in the world, at one point Grand Slam champions. So coming off of the downswing of 2021, there's a lot to prove here, especially starting off. Um, getting off on the right foot was really important. Um, unfortunately, did not quite do that. Um, I know Nitro being new again to CS, having to um, transition from Valorant, it's going to take time. Um, some of the strats may also need some fleshing out just because um, he has to, and his mindset has to change as well. This stuff does take time. So um, when we look at um, the phase matchup, just because we kind of covered the EG matchup already, um, we saw a pistol split across the both both matchups because they played them twice on Inferno. Um, we got uh, we have an advantage on clutches for Team Liquid, but then FaZe uh, was able to open the rounds up um, more advantageously. So um, Rops killed them in the first game. Honestly, came out thirty four and eighteen. I don't think they were ready for. Um, his reach, his dominance, his prowess on phase. Um, he was killing them in multiple different ways. Killed him on the lurk. He killed him entering. Killed him um, in the thick of an execute. He killed him post-plant. Um, it was pretty nuts um, how he was able to just play them like a fiddle, honestly. And any amount of upside that there was to bring through that first game, largely just silenced by Robs's dominant play. And this is all, of course, knowing that both matches went to overtime um Robs was just so dominant in that first one and you know a huge x factor for as to why they claimed that first game so um we moved to map two or game two excuse me inferno again um oc and Elise come to um they're a lot more impactful in the second matchup brokey as well a lot more impactful in this second matchup um liquid's able to secure an 11-4 lead on their T side, but then second half, again, that CT side is pretty weak. Um, and then they give up as many as they earned in the first half, go to OT, and then ultimately um, are unable to finish it out. So their T side was just significantly more effective, Liquids was, um, compared to their CT side, which directly goes against my complaints about how you know bland I perceive the strategies to be, which that is... I'm not I'm not trying to undermine um I'm not trying to undermine it. The strategies can be simple and they can still be effective as a team. So I don't want to I don't want to attach that logic to that. They can they can operate pretty basic tactics and just go off of their firepower and secure victories that way. Um it's just it they didn't this time around, so we can look to that. Um but Again, maybe the direction shouldn't be pointed at their T side. Their CT side is what really let them down. And that I would point that to the inexperience of the group together. Um, the fact that Shox was not able to frag. Um, the fact that Nitro was not able to frag. So when you have two individuals not really finding impact, that CT side is going to be a little difficult. Um, I think these issues that I've kind of glossed over um, will be fixed in time. Nitro has to knock his rust out. Shox needs to find his place in the server. Um, but what I really enjoyed seeing from this liquid um, OC was able to get his impact where he needed it. He had many multi-frag opportunities and he executed on them. Um, there was a 2v2 that Shox and OC had against 
um, Cirque and I can't remember the other individual, maybe Rush. And I remember how well Shox was able to play around OC in that 2v2. And that stuck out to me as somebody who um, went out of his way to help Misuda and Kyojin in their growth developments. Um, that is one of the reasons why he was brought in here. And that's something I discussed in the article I wrote to start this season. Um, as far as Team Liquid's Road to Redemption, you can, of course, read that on recipemedia.com. Um, I discussed um, the three big reasons for either Liquid's success or failures in this iteration, and that's going to be uh, maintaining the egos, um, making sure that Shox is able to transition some of this experience he has and some of the tips and tricks he's learned just over his tenured career and giving them to OC. And then, of course, the rest of the crew, but OC is very much the person of interest. Um, and then, of course, OC being the person of interest, him finding impact as the opera, it stops and it starts and stops with him as far as the success. You hate to put that kind of pressure on him, but with the op, you really need to maintain that kind of impact. And so far, just through those first three games, I thought OC was stellar. I know many people thought that as well. Um, so there are definite positives coming out of the liquid camp. It's just they had a lot to prove between these three teams, perhaps the most. And to be brought to overtime against EG is a little worrying in my opinion. So I think moving forward, Liquid's really going to have to find out their identity as far as Shocks and Nitro are concerned. Um, you don't want to make them feel comfortable but also sacrifice the impact of the big three because everything runs through those three. So um, I'm confident they'll figure it out. Adren is very intelligent. Um, he's very capable as a coach. And um, I don't know if any of these three teams are going to figure it out tomorrow at the play-ins. At this event in general, I think they're going to need a little bit of time. But there is tons to be excited for between these three teams if you are a fan of either of them or a fan of all of them um, this was maybe not as far as the win column wasn't great for these teams but trust me when I say there's plenty to be excited about this year and I'm here to serve you copium all year so um, that's all I have for today um, moving forward we do have the blast play-in starting tomorrow um, all three teams have some pretty extreme uphill battles to um, get through. Do I think that they are absolutely out of it? No, every team has a puncher's chance in these tournaments. That's why they're there. It's just going to be tough. So um, we'll keep our eyes peeled. And on the opposite side of those play-ins, um, we will reassess and find out where we are at. So once again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, if you haven't followed me on Twitter or the podcast itself you can find us at lucas at rbm and you can find the podcast crouch underscore peak um, follow recipe media at recipe media gg and um, yeah just stick around with us guys and it's going to be a great year for north american cs i am so confident in that and other than that i'll see you at the next episode press control to crouch the crouch peak podcast